Hey everybody, welcome to Between the Horns. I'm Miles Simmons. I'm joined by DeMarco Farr. It is just about 2.40 Eastern Time. We're oh, in the Eastern Time Zone here in Baltimore, you Maryland. You seem so happy about <laughs> for a, saying that. Oh, I am. You Eastern love East time. Coast time. I love East Coast Time. It's the way wow. I grew up, man. This is late, bro. Yeah. yeah, this is different. But you know what's funny? It's basically the same time that we would normally be doing this. This is true, yeah. If we were in Los Angeles. But right now yeah. we are on kind of the deck of the Baltimore Marriott Inner Harbor. No, excuse me, Waterside. Inner Harbor is a different one. <laughs> I don't know if I should be telling you guys to <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're here. Yeah, but yeah, we're here. It's really cool. You know, we can see the M&T Bank Stadium basically from where we are That's not all we can right see now. from this vantage point okay yeah <laughs> there's windows right in there the front. are there are windows yeah. to the hotel rooms yeah um but yeah so we've been here in baltimore over the last two days the rams and ravens practiced together out at their facility in owings mills mm -hmm. uh, monday and tuesday what did what are your biggest takeaways from those practices i had fun yeah. um you know I, I i couldn't wait to see certain guys like the rams youngsters i mean mm -hmm. we, we've talked a lot about you know guys getting reps but you have to be honest. Part of me was excited to see what the Ravens had to offer. I mean, sure. it's, it's it's an invite into their world. Their facility, practice facility, is wow. It's very nice. It's very well. Uh, Sean yeah. McVay said yesterday or two days ago, whenever it was, that it's kind of like pulling up to a country club when you get there. That's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very well, and it's, it's very, very football. You mm -hmm. know, it's everything a football team needs to get better. You know, sure. it's something you can imagine. So it's been fun. So you get to open up. You know, they open up their world to you. And then seeing your guys compete with the Ravens has been a whole lot of fun. You, you hope that it didn't turn into a sideshow, and it didn't. No, I think it that's did a not. credit to both teams yeah. and both coaches and, and the players out there just going about their business, practicing against somebody you don't really know, getting good work, getting off the field. Exactly. It was fun to just see the Rams go against a different yeah. color, I thought, this week. Because when you're going through camp, all of a sudden sometimes it just starts happening where you're like, man, I am so sick and tired of going against you. And then you almost start getting fights like friendly fire, you know, yeah, yeah. from the perspective of your own team. And so you didn't necessarily have to go through that because the Rams, the, time, the way the timing worked out, I thought was great that the Rams were able to come here. You've been through eight practices mm -hmm. in Irvine. You know, you've had a couple days off. You come here, you get your work done. You're going to play in a game tomorrow and then you're going to go home, get some more practices and then get things started at Cal Lutheran. You know what I thought was funny on the way over? Um, we left. What time did we leave? Like five? In the in Los Angeles. In the morning? Or, what time? What time did we leave? We left at like 9:30 in the morning. When we left, I'm what sorry, are you but talking? I'm sorry, but when we were in the air, the entire team was knocked out cold. Oh yeah. They're all in lockstep. Everyone's on the same schedule. It's true. Yeah, that's. I mean, that to me, the little things, how you can tell if a team is a team. It's that sort of stuff that stands out to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know you have a problem when it's a mix. When you have guys that are loud and guys that are knocked out. Well, what's the what's the deal here? Yeah. Why are we on two different pages? Yeah. But this, everyone is out. Yes. <laughs> it's crazy. Everyone was trying to get some rest. Yeah. And and pretty much when you talk to the guys about certain reps or expectations, the message is largely the same. You know what I mean? Meaning what? What what is the message? A about being this good, handling it and going out and playing your, your best game on Sunday. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Knowing that you're one of the best teams in the NFC. There's confidence everywhere. Yes. Yeah, so it, it's that sort of stuff that, that gives you confidence going into a game. I hope it 
carries over to Thursday and they play well as well. But when you look at that sort of stuff, you have to say camp's going in the right direction. I like it. Confidence everywhere, but you also have the things where it's like, all right, you know, we need to take this one day at a time and everybody starts parroting Sean McVay. Mm -hmm. You know, we all always talk about daily improvement and daily right. excellence, and that's what we need to do. We have to go out and get 1% better every day. If you've watched any Sean McVay press conference over the last year and a half, you've heard him say those yeah, words. Yeah, and then you get to see guys doing it. You, like... On vet days, when Saffold and Whitworth are out, they're not just standing around joking. They're actually coaching other players oh, yes. that probably won't get reps or have get reps, and guys are going to them. And it, it's happening all over the field. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good team building stuff. It is. Yeah. You know, you say it's happening all over the field. One position group I definitely want to bring up is the secondary because they had <laughs> yeah, yeah. a great day yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when Talib has those vet days, he's always talking to the guys on the sidelines. But, you know, it, it seemed like. The defense was really on top of their stuff yesterday going against that first team Baltimore offense. The ball, the ball is a hotly contested deal in that room. Yeah. I mean, being the guy that gets the pick is a big deal to yeah. them. Yeah. And that's just between them. That's the way it should be with corners and, and, and secondary guys. Uh, for as much of divas as receivers can be, <laughs> you need the exact opposite. But they're almost the same. You know what yes. I mean? So, Corners think and react differently. That's why they're corners. Mm -hmm. But the ball is very important to them. It is. And there were at least four picks by the first team defense mm -hmm. yesterday. And I didn't see all of them because the way these practices work, the joint practices, one field is, you know, Rams offense versus Ravens defense. The other would be Ravens offense versus Rams defense. Yeah. So I saw two of these picks. The ones I saw were uh, Marcus Peters in the end zone, which was up on Twitter, up on our website. Nice if you haven't shot. seen it, you should see it. It's really good because mm -hmm. Marcus Peters was also wired, so look out for that. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. fun. But also, Corey Littleton had a pick in there. Um, and it was off nice of a, play. Yeah, yeah. It was off of a trick play. They tried to do a running back pass. Yeah, he keeps doing that. We're going to expect it from him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna keep expecting stuff look, like I, that out of him. He had that pick early in the game mm -hmm. against the Tennessee Titans back in uh, week 16 yeah. last year when he had to make that spot start for Mark Barron. So he's got a nose for the football. But those athletic turn a no play into a big play types. Right. You keep doing that. Okay, well, I, I'm going to expect more out of you. Yes. Good. That, that pays well. Yes. That's good for Corey it, Littleton. It, good for Ram fans. It does. Describing that play. Um, yeah. And we saw it when they were going through warm-ups. Yeah, remember? Yeah. yeah. So we were standing in that end zone. You were talking to a couple buddies. But they had the running back, and I wish I could remember his name, number 34. He rolls out to his left, and then he's also a lefty. So he's trying to throw the pass into the end zone. And what happens once they're running against the Rams is that Corey Littleton puts his hands up, knocks the ball into the air, catches it as it goes down, and that's an interception for Los Angeles Rams. A great react play. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's, that's hard for any coach to take credit for. <laughs> you know, Do you think Wade Phillips would still take credit for it? I mean, but that's, that's great instincts. Or Joe Barry. That's just a great play by a young kid. So, I mean, yeah. never lose those instincts for the ball. And while he's got the ability, you might as well use it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Corey Littleton, I think, is a really interesting player that people are talking about right now for the LA Rams, mainly because he's moving into that signal caller role. And that's a role that was occupied previously by Alec Ogletree. And before that, James Laurinaitis for a long period of time. It's hard on a defender, I think, when it's something that you've never done before, yeah. to all of a sudden be 
the communication conduit yeah. from the sideline to the field. But it can be done for every great middle linebacker, inside linebacker, what have you. The guy that calls the signals, a Singletary, a Ray Lewis, yeah. a Luke Keekley right now. There's always a first time, but it can be done. It's not impossible. No, I don't think it's possible. Yeah, and you can be really good at that spot. Um, you know, you, you go from signal caller to team leader. Yeah. You know, you are the you're the voice of Wade Phillips on the field. Yeah. You're the last thing the guys hear right before the ball is snapped. Yes. You're important. Um, it, it takes a while to grow into that role to to understand what it what it means. Just keep making plays till you do. Yeah. The, the more reps you get, the better you play. The longer you're going to stay, the more you're going to get it. Well, He's got the ability. So I asked Wade Phillips um, a week or week or two ago about what made them have confidence in Corey Littleton that he could go out there and then he could be the signal caller. Basically, he was saying, you know, it starts with the fact that he can play mm -hmm. and that last year they put in packages just so that he could get on the field because they know that he is effective just being out there on the field as a defensive player. So now they're going to give him a bigger responsibility, yeah. more opportunities, and we're going to see what happens. I mean, you got to have quarterback-like sacrifice, man. I mean, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, these guys. Quarterback-like sacrifice. I don't know Aaron Rodgers, these guys are so great because this is all they do. Oh. They just ingest football yeah. constantly. That the film, mental, board. You can be the same way on defense. Yeah, well, just, and and you can be very good at it. I just think about James Laurinaitis, and I was yeah. only around him for two years, but that's to me, that's always what he represented yeah. as that middle linebacker. And I think right. Alec Ogletree did a really nice job of stepping into that and yeah. growing into that as well, especially because he had seen James Laurinaitis do Nothing it all his respect. career. Two different schemes too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, a, a couple of changeovers, and, and Tree was able to do it and do it well and yeah. become really good at it. So it is possible. So you've got a great opportunity. But like I said, it's, it's going to take some sacrifice. Yeah. Some guys pick it up like that. Some guys don't. But I don't care how you have to get it done. Just make sure you're the guy. Yeah. 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 Okay, so two other guys who had picks yesterday that we know about were John Johnson, yeah. strong safety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why are you laughing? He, he's like one of my favorites. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's funny. First you talked about Earl Thomas, and then Cam Chancellor came up, and then they became a pair of great safeties. Uh -huh. It's LaMarcus right now, and he's earned it. Yeah. But pretty soon I think it's going to be a pair of good safeties. But yeah. I think we already know that. Yes, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, Marcus he's Peters. He's really good. Marcus Peters was talking about John Johnson yeah. um, last week in Irvine, and he said it's a future All-Pro. Yeah, he's, he's about as well-rounded as you can get. Good tackler, smart, can cover. Um, there's not a position on the field that you feel like, oh, I have to cover him up. Yeah. Yeah, with, with fancy schemes or whatever. He is a good, good player, and he's getting better. He is. He's also great for content. You really think so? good personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. We love doing stuff with him. Well, let's do more stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure we will. Uh, but also, I, I do got to bring up Aqib Tlaib. Oh, yeah. Because he was another one of those guys that had a pick, one of the picks that I didn't see because I was watching offense at that time. But I thought it was funny the way the Crabtree stuff, the chain snatching stuff mm -hmm. came up over the course of the week and then nothing happened. And then Tlaib talked with uh, the media yesterday after practice and the refrain was, that expletive is dead. That expletive <laughs> is dead, bro. Good. Yeah. That's where it is. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad that both guys didn't take the bait because it was out there. It could, yeah, they yeah, easily, it was out there. either one of them easily could Especially have taken Especially in the, the silly season sort of right now. Yes. So uh, anyway, good player. Um, when you think of him, I just think of the quarterbacks that have to, to throw on him. Right. Because, you know, he is dialed in. Mm -hmm. A lot of reps. He's played a lot of professional football. He's played a lot of football, but a lot of professional football. So you're going to have to be close to perfect to fool him. Yeah. Which means you may throw it to him a lot. Mm-hmm. 
What, what did you see from the offense? Let's turn it there because uh, there were, I watched some stuff from the offense. I watched more offense Monday than I did on Tuesday. They were going through a two-minute drill. Yeah. Um, and then they got down the field. They only needed a field goal in the, whatever scenario it was that they were running. And they were able to do that successfully. Goff had some nice throws getting down the field. What did you see from offense? I didn't see a ton yeah. of false starts. Yeah. Uh, we were counting drops. When you're only counting drops, that's great. Mm-hmm. When you're not counting – Offsides or there were special teams flags, you know there were there were defensive flags, you know it, it got a little you know contested yeah with the deep ball and the refs were dropping flags, but I, I saw mostly clean football out of the refs. Now it's hard, it's yes, hard, it it's hard, you know when you're running into a seven man box and somebody tags off Todd Gurley when he's three yards down the field and that's where the play ends. Right. Part of you has to say, eh, I think he breaks that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I bet my house that he breaks that tackle. So you have to kind of look through what you're seeing, but uh, you don't see a lot of who who shot John, who had him, who did it, um, I messed up. This who is what we, shot John? You've heard that before. you never heard that so before? So when you're people looking at each other and yeah. it's like, uh-oh, who, I know what, why, what's John? wrong on the play Right, here? right. You don't see a lot of that <laughs> offensively or defensively. Yeah, that's an old, I guess that's an old saying. I, you don't, so an, a layman's term would have been, you don't see a lot of communication issues. Yeah. I mean, like, this just who shot John? That doesn't make okay, any smart sense. guy. Yeah. I don't think that was very smart. <laughs> smart guy. Just, I'm trying anyway, to make it accessible yeah. to our audience. You don't see a lot of arguing about who had what. Right. Yeah, assignment errors. Yes. Is that better for you? Yes, it is. Oh, my God. I, that makes more sense to me. <laughs> I think you're right, though, and I think that's Sometimes one of the... Sometimes he morphs into Dennis Miller. Anyway. Uh, I don't know what that means either. <laughs> Never mind. Go ahead. All right. I think that's one of the products of um, having McVay in there for year two yeah, and returning 10 of 11 starters on the offensive side. Well, you have to remind yourself, or at least I did, because, I mean, who's winning, who's losing? It's a practice, right? Yeah. But when you don't see a lot of stupid stuff going on, mm-hmm. you know, penalties, false starts, all that sort of stuff, I'm sure you're going to have here or there, every team does, but not a lot. That's good. And then you have to remind yourself, they're on the road. They're in Baltimore. They took this on the road and didn't miss a beat. Yeah. Yeah. Not only is it you have good players, good coaching, but the whole process can move. It's amazing. Well, we, yeah. I mean, didn't we already know that, though? I mean, the Rams were 7-1 and one on the road last year in the regular yeah. season. Well, so, but it's still amazing when you see it. No, I, I agree <laughs> yeah. with you. <laughs> how, how, how what you can take a team across the country and not miss a beat, period. You know, that nothing we, is sacrificed. Honestly, yeah. we should call it eight and one because yeah. of what they did in London too. True, that right. was not a home game right. by any stretch of the imagination. So, I mean, it was ambitious and they pulled it off. So let's hope Thursday, you know, we get to see the benefit of that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the things that has kind of stood and no out. no fight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, they're they're pros. Right. They yeah. came in to get work done. Right. And that that just kept coming up. You know, we wanted to get a couple of good practices out of this. Um, Are but, you starting to notice the whole building's like that? What? It's like purposeful. Yes. Yeah, it's weird how that works. Oh, when yeah. you look, the <laughs> things start at the top, right? <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, you know, when you have Sean McVay and yeah, he's yeah. the kind of leader that he is, it's just, it's interesting. Um, Akib Tlaib was asked about this yesterday. You know, what is it about Sean McVay that's just, that makes him the guy that players want to follow, et cetera, et cetera. And Tlaib was just saying, man, he's just the leader. He says wow. some people are just kind of born with that, you know, whatever it is Young about Leonidas. being a leader. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's just John got it. Connor. <laughs> you know? And then somebody was like, what is it about that? And it's just until he just kept saying, you know, yeah. he's just it. He just has it. Yeah. You know, he's the kind of guy that people want to follow. And all of us 
are like, yeah, we're, we're with this guy. We're following him. Um, he's got – you look, he's got a roster full of real players, especially on defense. Yeah. That tells you a lot about him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Real, real players. Well, I think also – and we've talked about this before, but the fact that you hire a Wade Phillips mm-hmm. to run your defense – Yeah. And you have the wherewithal and, I don't know, the confidence and the humility, Yeah, really is probably the word, to let this legend do whatever he's got to do on defense. I don't know when you try to time going to the bathroom because both sides of the ball are going to be fun. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm serious. Both sides of the ball are going to be a blast to watch. Super, super fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's go back to Saturday. Um, a little bit because that to me was probably the best practice I've ever seen from Jared Goff. Yeah. And it was the way he was slinging the ball around, making throws that we've seen him make, but not necessarily consistency. But everything was nailed in that practice. Yeah. He, uh, I, the way he's looked, and when you talk about the offense and you don't see a lot of sloppy play, well, he's on every bit of that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, sure, you want to see him play a little bit. Why not? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, if the Baltimore Ravens actually trotted Flacco out there for a drive or two. Right. Uh, you can be smart, get work, and get out, but it's up to them. But if you don't see Jared Goff for this game or the next game or what have you, I think he's earned it from what how he played and how he's practiced that he's preparing for September in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, if you can minimize risk and so be it. But everyone has to get their work. Timing is important. Yeah. Yeah. And, it is. And look, it's football, man. You got to play. You got to play before you play. I, okay. I agree with you, but I also think that you have to minimize risk at this point because there's a lot you're playing for. No doubt. But it's, and yeah. in order to the, the best way to minimize that risk is to not put him out in a situation where you don't have your left tackle, you don't have your your regular starting center. Yeah, yeah. You you wouldn't put him out there during that. No, I don't not at all. And that's kind of what Sean McVay was talking about yesterday, um, just talking about uh, who's going to play, who's not. Says Andrew Whitworth, how much time does a guy in year thirteen really need? in a preseason game. Well, the way they're practicing, I, I think they're about their business. But Probably not much, not especially much, right. in my opinion, because this week you got two practices against another team there's and nothing, another opponent. There's nothing wrong with some work in the preseason as long as it's smart. Like we said, with play yes, calling, yes, yes. Yeah, you can be smart. You, uh, you don't have to go for the business or show your regular season stuff, but you know, you wouldn't get, your, that, gu- get your guys out for base plays and get them out. Maybe like yeah. a few. A few. I don't. Right. I and we'll talk more about Baltimore a little bit later. But I just don't see the starters playing much, if at all, this week in Baltimore. I, no, I just me can't either. See it. Yeah, yeah. Me either. So yeah, yeah. But I think just from an offensive standpoint, it seems like things are clicking. And you know, talking to Brandon Cooks after that Saturday practice where Goff was whatever he was, but Cooks was saying, you know, this is as sharp as we felt. But you still got to go watch the tape because, you know, whenever there's a great practice, it's never as good as you thought. And whenever there's <laughs> a bad practice, it's never as bad as you thought. But I just from my eyes, though, I'm telling you that Saturday practice was as good as I've seen. Yeah, they can play uh, and they know they can play yeah. and they have full confidence in what they're doing. So they're building and they're polishing, which is what good teams do. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I, I just want to see it <laughs> on oh, the no. field. I do, too. Yeah, I'm a little biased. I but we got we to wait another month. Of course. That. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Something you brought up at practice. Um, when we were talking the other day, and we definitely said we want to bring it up on the podcast. Yeah. The idea of the tight end and, you know, how the Rams want more out of that tight end position. Oh, yeah. 
But as this team, Cooper Cup almost serves as the tight end. I, I want to explore that. Re reliable target. Um, you could throw it to him on the, the intermediate passing, uh, coming back towards the quarterback. Tough guy, smart guy, uh, can take a pop. Very reliable with his hands for the most part. Um, he's an extension of Jared Goff running pass patterns. Mm -hmm. And that connection is going to grow. You ever see these guys with these otherworldly connections? Like how in the world did Brady see him and know he was gonna uncover right at that precise moment? Well, that's what you're building with Goff to cup. So you'd like it to be a tight end because of the size and because of the, I, I guess, the deceptive nature of tight ends because they're blockers and then they're also receivers. So you're gonna jump on the defense. But for the most part, He's functioning as that reliable, big target tight end, just in a smaller frame. He's not a small guy. You've no. got that roster in front of you. What is Cooper Cup listed oh, as? Oh, you're going to make me look. Yeah, in yeah. number 18. Yeah, you're going to make me look. Hold on. I'm sorry. Am I, I, I think I put you on it's the spot. right out here. No, 6'2", 208. Right. Yeah, I mean. That's, that's not a small receiver. No, that's a small running back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a small running back. That's an ACC size running back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and smart, and he's fast, and he's. You know, he's all of a sudden with his breaks, you know, when yeah. he's got you, when he can, you know, pick up tells just like quarterbacks and know what Jared's seeing. They're seeing the same thing and how he makes his break and where he thinks the ball should be and where it is at the same time. Yeah. And the adjustment he can make if Jared has to put it offline a little bit. So mm -hmm. uh, that sort of thing comes with reps. It's like a cat that just refuses to stop chasing the ball. Yeah. It's the same thing. Uh, they'll find those dead spots, hit you just like big tight ends do. Uh, I, the interesting thing about this to me and Cooper Cup serving as that role, I mean, obviously we saw Cooper Cup make a lot of third down receptions that he turned into first downs. Yeah. That to he me is run. A, yeah. right. It's the productive tight end role. But there are kind of larger implications besides that. You know, when you use Cooper Cup, it puts you in 11 personnel. Now, we've talked, you know, McVay has talked about this too. The Rams were in 11 personnel more than anybody else mm -hmm. last season. 81% of the time yes. they were of their plays, they were in 11 personnel. 799 plays. That was the most in the league by far. Um, Pittsburgh came in at number two in terms of plays, 731. And percentage, Detroit was number two at 74%. Mm -hmm. So, again, you can see that there were so many. But... The larger implication of that is that when you have that, it means that defenses are going to play in more sub packages. And so I saw this tweet today um, from Jeff Ratcliffe of Pro Football Focus. Mm -hmm. And he said that 11 personnel, because of that, not, he didn't say 11 personnel, let me get this right. So because of this 11 personnel thing, that to me translates to 80% of the time, Todd Gurley was facing sub packages on defense. A nickel. Yes. Yeah. So if you're placing that, that means you have one fewer linebacker in mm -hmm. that is designed to stop the run. Mm -hmm. So to me, this 80%, oh my gosh, the Rams played so much uh, 11 personnel, don't they need more out of the tight ends? Well, if you keep two tight ends in there, that means that the other team can play more linebackers. Stay in regular. Yes, yeah. and yeah. stay in regular. Yes. And that in turn could lead to fewer yards by Todd Gurley because you've got more big men in to stop him. Right. So I think that that's not necessarily an angle that we've looked at of the, okay, you're in 11 personnel 80% of the time, and you've got an elite running back who can get good chunk yardage yeah. on first down out of that. And 6'2", 208 that can also block. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a test when Gurley's out there for that nickel when you're in 11. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to have to be in the box. You're going to have to make tackles on the cutback with a bigger back. Yeah. Um, but the Rams have guys that can do that. Um, 
Nikel Roby Coleman is a guy that has to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so. And he does a great job with it. Yeah, this is not new in the NFL, but um, if you have a tight end that can also threaten on the other side of that slot receiver, then the offense becomes dangerous, like dangerous for a defense. Yeah. Yeah, um, we've got a slot guy that we can't cover by position. Yeah. He's slot. We can't even jam the guy. Then they have a tight end that can be either with him or away from him that's doing the same side to the other to the uh, to the other safety so that's a lot of heat on the front four um so when you think of having to play the ramps sure it's fun to play against this offense because you're facing 11 but you better have good ends and you better have nickels that can tackle yeah so how many teams as we go along in this physical physical game actually have that sunday after sunday it's hard. It's really, really hard. It yes. is hard. Yes. But I just, I yeah, I think that's really interesting just thinking about how the Rams can use their personnel groupings and what that means when a certain personnel group is in there. I, you know, we've talked about it, that they're trying to use more tight ends, this and that. I think the Rams are still going to be in 11 personnel a lot of the time. Maybe yeah. not quite 80%, but no. I would be very surprised if they went through, down to under 75 but When you say 11, one back, one tight end. Yeah, one there's, back, one tight end, three wide there's receivers. There's going to be a tight end out there. So, yes. So to balance out the offense, I, I hope that position, and everybody hopes that position gets better. You've thrown those routes, those vertical routes on the backside of, of 11 personnel. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's been hit or miss, yeah. to be honest. So if you can make more hits down the field, you, you can't cover everybody. Yeah. You, you just can't in, in def and get pressure on the quarterback at the same time. Exactly. So something's got to give. But to balance out every offense in 11, that tight end has got to be a threat. Okay, so Gerald Everett right now is dealing with a shoulder injury. Um, and so we're not quite sure of the severity of that. He is not in Baltimore right yeah. now. He's still dealing with that in oh, Southern California. Yep. Yeah. So we will see kind of an update on that once we get back there. Um, that was him. Weekend. Oh my God, that's like Vernon Davis. Like when Vernon Davis burst onto the scenes. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think of athletic tight ends, I mean, you think of guys that jump, that, that contort and catch passes. Vernon like Davis, Jordan Reed is the guy he's guys always that compared make to. Plays with feet on the ground yeah. and just run by you type. Oh my God. And he's he's done that yeah. in over the course of training camp. I think he's, he's almost guaranteed to burn you at least once a game. Yeah. Yeah. Just by the way, you have to cover the other people right. and call a game. Eventually, that guy's going to burn you. So what else have you seen from the tight ends, guys, either from you know Everett or guys like Hemingway and Higby? Well, you know, we, we talk about Hemingway. Um, his size alone, just the length and where you can put the football and how you can call plays based on that length. Um, it's intriguing to see how he plays yeah. and if they target him in certain situations and how he does with those targets. I hope he plays well. He's going to have to block like everybody else. You know that. Um, so I, I like the size. Higby's Higby, man. Um, I, I think we're, we're seeing there could be a jump. Who knows? Um, especially at that position in these sorts of offenses, guys can have great years when you're least expecting it out of nowhere. You're going to see, a, you're going to have looks, like we said, based on play calling and what Sean McVay is doing to manipulate the defense. Eventually, that's going to be a matchup that favors the call, and yeah. you're going to get the ball, so or get the ball thrown at you. So hopefully he comes down. But as far as body type, blocking, being complete, yeah, he, he's good. The, the guy's reliable. He can play. Now let's see what he does with his opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what we have to see um, from him. It's just, it, to me, it's a matter of Higby putting things together and yeah. just building a little bit more consistency. Yeah. Because I think we've seen that he can definitely run block. 
Yeah. He can get out there and then And he can move. He can move. Yeah. He can catch passes, but I think that obviously is the thing that he's got to get more consistent with. I don't just, think just yeah. making the catches. He's not a guy you really lose per down. Meaning like uh, you know, Tyler Higby is only effective in first and ten. Okay. Well, I mean, he's effective in third and long as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, he can be used all over the football field. So um, that's the ability he's shown, or at mm -hmm. least what we see in practice and what they think of him. Yes. So if you see those same shots in games, expect big results. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, the fact that Jared Goff has such a good relationship with Tyler Higby. Yeah. I don't know that how much helps. that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know how much it really means on the field. Well, what do you think? I, I, I like the connection from this angle. Um, the guy receiving the pass knows how much, how important that ball is as the guy throwing it. Hmm. So I love those connections, um, the, those deep friendships out yeah. there. Uh, if it's a last gasp and, you know, I, I need somebody to come down with it in a dirty part of the field where I know he's going to take a pop and I got to lay it to my, my good friend. Help me out here. So that stuff's always big. Um, so it gets your looks. Now you got to come down with it on the other side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting though. Those, all those guys seem like they're really good friends. Yeah. Like especially, I think the three Randy receivers. Randy Cooks is working, man. Yeah. No, no, he's working. I just any quarterback, he's going to be looking at any quarterback like, okay, I need more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I want the ball all the time. But all the, I mean, <laughs> you know what? I'll say the this. little kid who never gets tired. These guys, <laughs> those three guys, um, Woods, Cup. And cooks. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this because I don't know how much you're on social media, but on Saturday yeah. before yeah. practice, like the three of them were all posting pictures of each other, <laughs> like the, the like just Good. pictures of them in situations like on the field doing this, doing that, and then they all went out and had like the best practice yeah, of yeah. camp, which was really fun and interesting to see. And I kind of want to ask them about like what was up with that. I mean, yeah. it just seems like they're forming such a really good partnership. And then the three of them took a picture with Jared Goff after practice they strike me and i wish we can go back to this era but it's this is going way way back so this is for the old fans i wish we can go back to when guys had posters when no, you, they yeah. used to have posters of the entire group like the raiders secondary or the rams receivers yeah that's what they remind me of um it, it's funny with the era of to and the look at me receiver uh -huh. right versus the fun bunch Three guys that just killed you. Yeah. You know, Marino's receivers. Three guys that just sliced up defenses. O.J. McDuffie. Yes. An alum of my high school. See, Hawking. just sliced up defenses. There was nothing you can do. And they caught everything. And it just looked like they were having more fun. They were entertaining each other. Yes. Versus playing football. Gosh, that just, that yeah. seems like that's where this group is headed. They still yeah. have to do it, obviously. But to me, that's just where it seems like that group's headed. And it's funny. The, the anti that is actually their own secondary. <laughs> they, want, they want to bust all that up. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really true. It's a shame that they, you can't get this matchup on Sunday. <laughs> no, well, I think as they all say, you know, Jared Goff says this all the time. I'm glad I don't have to face Amen my secondary on, on on different Sundays. Yeah. Um, let's turn it to something else, and it's something that everybody's talking about, and I know they want us to talk about it. So, what is the latest on Aaron Donald? So. There actually was sort of an update today as I pull it out. No, he's not here. End of story. All right. Well, yes, there's sort of no update, but then there kind of is an update. Um, it seems like Les Snead met with some of the local Los Angeles reporters who made the trip to Baltimore here today. So this is coming from Gary Klein of the LA Times. He tweeted out today that GM Les Snead said on Wednesday, the Rams are quote, in the same zip code, area code and ballpark 
as Donald when it comes I to a potential deal. So that's good yeah. news. Also, uh, Klein tweeted out, um, Sneed said, nothing has changed since we started this process. The goal is, hey, let's come up with a win-win solution for the reigning defensive MVP and the Los Angeles Rams, and that's a long-term contract for Aaron Donald. Um, Benny Bonsignor of The Athletic noted that Sneed added, zip code usually means it's close. So we've not heard that specifically from the Rams brass in throughout this entire process. Any noting of the word close. I'll be happier when they say we're in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw somebody yeah. uh, and I gosh I can remember who wish I could remember who it was who like retweeted the quote with a quote tweet and he's like, I wanted them in the same bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. All right. I'm going to leave that alone. But I think, yes, uh, you want it to be closer than zip code, area code, whatnot. You you want to be in the same room, you know, you sitting know, next to each other on the same yeah. seat with a pin in your hand, you right? You know what I've been thinking? What's um, that? And it's been very respectful, but um, I'm kind of glad we're not hearing from Aaron. Yeah. You know? Okay. I, yeah. I don't think there's anything good that can come out of him making a statement. Sure. I mean, I don't know that there's much good that comes out of the Rams yeah, talking, yeah, either, yeah, yeah. which is why, you know, they have sort of stayed away from everything. You have not really heard numbers. You've yeah. not heard anything, but we respect Aaron. We respect this process. Right. Things like that from guys like um, Les Snead and head coach Sean McVay. I just hope public opinion doesn't turn. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, it is what it is, man. Look, I, I think the prevailing thought to this whole thing to anyone that's reporting, no matter who they are, about this situation. We've never been here before. This mm -hmm. is new. Yeah, this is new ground. Is. Um, so how do you handle it going forward? Um, this changes the game. That's what that is. Yeah. seems to be the goal, the end goal yes. for what Aaron Donald was holding out for, to change the game. Yeah, I, I know. So, and to be honest, man, I mean, the way he's playing, the way he's been playing, there are, there are great players, there are good players, and there are just absolute gods and cleats. Mm -hmm. Great football players. There are difference makers, and sometimes those rush up against the business, uh -huh. and you have to navigate yourself through it. But he is still the same guy you love. He's the guy that wants to be here. He wants to wreck shop. Trust me. Believe me. Who wouldn't want to come here and play with Sue? Right. Think about that. As yeah. a three, any three technique that's ever played three technique knows what I'm talking about. Uh huh. You get to play with that next to you for 16 weeks. Guaranteed one-on-ones. <laughs> for 16 weeks, what numbers can I put up? Yes, absolutely. So anyway, these things take time. They take time. Yeah. But I think what Sneed said today sort of jives with what the latest reporting has been, I think of the Jason Lockhand for a tweet that came out right before camp where it seemed like he said, yeah. you know, this thing seems close. Charles Robinson of Yahoo, and I think we talked about this on the last podcast, he also said the two sides aren't far apart. It's a matter Good. of massaging numbers. Let's so just stay there. it seems like things are getting closer and closer. Uh, you know, I try not was, to read, but it's just some of the opinions. Like uh, I'm who, not surprised who's you say messing, you try not to read. Like somebody saying who's messing this up. No one's messing it up. It's a negotiation. This is just how it has to go for right. this team and this guy. Right. Yeah. It, it's just the way it is right now. Um, there was kind of that deadline and it sort of 
has now turned into what it was an artificial deadline of August 7th being 30 days before the start of the regular season and Aaron Donald needing to report by then in order to get an accrued season for free agency. Um, and if not, then he'd become a restricted free agent. Obviously, he's not here, so that means that Donald would become a restricted free agent Ooh. at the end of the season. Thank God for Flacco. What? Thank God for Flacco that Aaron wasn't here. Oh. <laughs> Just saying. Because... Well, you can't hit quarterbacks in practice anyway. Yeah, but you you can you can aim at them. <laughs> you, you can give them warning shots. Yeah, I, mean, I guess so. Yeah, they, I mean they should have to move around you. Okay. You don't have to go after them, but you know you let them know you're there. Yeah, but, I, I yeah, guess so. I mean, my goodness, wow. Right. Yeah. But the that point was is, the, that was the saddest part for me watching those practices. What? That Aaron, that Aaron wasn't there. there. Yeah, that would have been some wow, wow stuff. Oh, I think so, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you saw it from Dominic and Sue just yeah. going around a couple guys. Like, I mean, particularly there's the Orlando Brown Jr. rep that Sue had. He's as big as his father. Yeah. Oh, my God. But Orlando Brown Jr. could use some technique work. Yeah, well, yeah. He's I mean, a rookie, which I like, and I don't mean to say, like, he's going to be I'm not going to lie. And Dominic and Sue beat you from a left-end position. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I mean. Like, he lined up at left and swatted Brown Jr.'s arms down. We're going to learn a lot from him about him after that play yeah that's that's on tape man yeah yeah you you, it have is to on get, tape. you have to get better from there yes i'm not sure if i've ever seen a dominican suit beat anybody from a left-hand spot i think we might do it this year yeah as i'm sort of okay let me finish the point i, I was could making be wrong i'm sorry i want to get, wanna get back to this sorry. because this is actually important <laughs> um but so donald will now be a restricted free agent in the upcoming offseason should there not be a contract extension with yes. the la rams because Snead is now saying that things are getting closer, I don't think that that's something we're going to have to worry about, but it is a thing now that Donald will be a restricted free agent because he did not report now. So there is that point. Also, before we get back to Sue, did you see the tweet slash Instagram post of the, uh, what is that? Like an hourglass, jeez. I almost said a time turner. Oh my God, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. You, ever, you know Harry Potter? Yes. Okay, so like in oh, her mind, he has a time turner, okay. and what it is is an, a little hourglass. Hourglass. That she has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, um, did you see the no. Twitter post? And what everybody? was it? What was it? It was literally an emoji of an hourglass, and everybody was like, "Oh my god, what's it mean?" Uh, almost time to rip arms off. <laughs> <laughs> almost time until they unlock the door and let him out. You know. Um, That's how I took it. Where, where he gets to go live. Um, yeah, you know. It, Look, it's, it's fun. We have a lot of fun talking about football. But I always say this, you know, outside the trenches, it's a game. Inside, it's not. Meaning what? The biggest and the strongest rule in there. Yeah. And he's still here. <laughs> yeah. Even though, I mean, you know, facing Donald, facing Sue are, are both difficult, but for almost completely different reasons. Yeah. You know, what Sue does, he does it really well. He's yeah. as strong or twice as strong as they are, and he's mobile. Yes. And he, he's not nice when he plays. Yes. Yeah, that's not fun to play against. I don't care who you are. So I didn't see it, but I'm assuming that's what that means. Okay. Yeah, before I, he gets to let all that out. I mean, everybody was sort of like, oh, my gosh, like this yeah. is Aaron Donald giving some message about his contract status. Whatnot. I, to, here's how I took it. Oh, really? Oh, yes. wow. Because he posted it on his Instagram story. Which is, you know, he posts things on his Instagram story all the time. Yeah, him yeah. working out, basically showing, I'm in shape. And I'm Aaron Donald, and I'm more in shape than pretty much anybody else in the entire National Football League because I'm a monster. Like, and so yeah. on one of those, he captioned with the hourglass. And that was a few days before then this infamous tweet now came out. 
and it had just an hourglass. And what is it saying? I'm missing it. I think no. I, I that's what oh. everybody's wondering. Oh. What, is, what is he saying oh. by the hourglass? I uh, here I interpreted it as I'm waiting for my time, and then Seems I'll come like back some... and I'll wreck shop. That's oh, all. Okay. That's, that's all I, I think it could is. Could be some, you know, barbarian challenge or something. I don't think yeah. it's. I I don't know. People may think it's more than that, but I don't think it's anything. I'm more about than to that. harvest the entire NFL in your stead. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All, Aaron Donald to me just seems like the kind of guy that he just wants to play football and he wants to get paid what he's earned. And he's like training that. with a guy with knives. Yeah. Fake knives, but yes. He's training to not get stabbed. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Man. That's that's, that's some high level stuff. That's his mindset. Yeah. Uh, all right, but to go back to I mean, now. What do you want? Oh, him not to be as good? Of course you do. If he's not as good, he's easier to sign. I think I'd rather be here with a guy like that. But I want to keep him in my uniform. Yes. Yeah. That's always been the goal, as yeah. Les Snead always says, to make Aaron a Ram for a yeah, long time. Yeah, I'd rather have to find ways to keep him here versus say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think anybody's with, planning on saying with great, goodbye. With great players like that, yeah. And ever can say goodbye. No, stop no, it. No, no, oh, no. you stop. No, gosh. Stop singing. Anyway, go ahead. I wasn't singing. I was just reciting. Anyway, let's go back to the thing I was trying to say um, about Dominican Sue. Because yeah. I thought this was interesting when he was talking to the media last week or so. And he was saying that he believes the plan from Wade Phillips is to move around basically all mm -hmm. the guys up front. So there are going to be times, I think, when we see Sue line up <laughs> at left end. We see Michael Brockers sometimes line up inside. We see Aaron Donald line up Ooh. at right end. You know, and those guys are just kind of going to go on a merry-go-round, and you're never really going to know who you're going to have to block or how you're going to have to block them. Mix and match his matchups. Uh huh. I'm going to put Sue here, so you can't run there. Right. I'm going to put Brockers here. You can't run there. Yep. Yeah. And who's left to block Donald? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Fun. Yes. Fun to be Wade Phillips right now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it really is. Between yeah. those guys up front and then the guys on the back end. Yeah. That's going to make teams to. That's going to force teams into making decisions they probably don't want to make. Well, we said it before, man. Um, I wish he were here, but even without Donald, I, I, this is going to be fun to watch for as long as we get to watch it. I wonder what the reps are on defense. No Sue either. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Against Baltimore, I would have to assume no Sue. Okay. That, no Brockers, probably okay. no Sue. That's a wide body. Um, that's that's a multiple playing guy in a three-four defense. That could be really scary. I'm sorry, you're, you're talking about Sue, Sue? Yeah. a guy you can move around that, yeah. that that big, that comfortable playing at all spots, and he's that strong. Wow, that's I mean that's 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 old school man football. Well, it is, yeah. and that that's, to me is the really cool thing about the way this defensive line is constructed right now. You've got three starters, yeah. you know, when Aaron gets back, <laughs> who are very very comfortable playing anywhere. Yeah, I, I was just smiling because most people when they think defensive end. They think these aerodynamic looking guys, yeah. right? For the most part. Yeah. I mean, think of the Reggie Wrights of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't very aerodynamic, <laughs> but he got there just as fast, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Phillips. Yeah, instead of running around you faster, he just moved you faster. Right. Yeah, that could be Sue. Yes. Yeah. And I think we're, we're going to see a lot of that. All right, so let's talk a little bit about this Baltimore game here um, because we sort of mentioned it earlier and we were just mentioning it now. I don't know that we are going to see many, if any, starters. In yeah. that game. Mannion versus RG3. You think? Yeah. Um, At least to start. Well, both guys are hoping that that's, that's someday a more key matchup down the line. I see. I mean, they are. I, they're, I, they're almost I fighting for the same thing. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, you, you have to impress tomorrow. So uh -huh. it'll be fun. And we already talk about, talked about our expectation for Sean Mannion. Whenever you take over, 
to when you leave, have the lead. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, even if something catastrophic happens. Yes. I mean, it's gonna, it could be that type of game. Let's see how you handle it. But RG3 is going to be told the same thing on the other side. Mm-hmm. It, that should be fun. You know, technically that was a different show when we talked about our expectations for Sean Megan. Okay, well, this show. <laughs> <laughs> that was show, that was that what show. to watch last mailbag, oh, which we technically okay. you know did film a little bit before this one. Well, I'm wearing the same shirt. I know you're wearing the same shirt and sitting in the same place. Right. But if right. somebody didn't hear one and is only hearing this, Ray, what are your expectations? What are your expectations for Sean Mannion? Uh, you know, play well. Um, you know, you make every throw the offense requires. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to throw with touch. You know, we know about the rocket. Um, so if you're Sean McVay, I, I'm sure he's probably thinking, let's put him in positions to have success, but let's let him show off too. So, you know, have some Mannion routes. Long balls. Yes, because you've got receivers that can run under it that, that you know, need the work too. Yes. Uh, but also run your offense. Whatever you've game planned for him to do, you've got to make all those throws from the screen to the bomb. It's mm-hmm. got to be accurate and it's got to be the right spot. Do you think that there is a backup quarterback competition going on? I think there always is a competition going on. Um, if teams can get better and I mean, if the Aaron Donald negotiation hasn't told you anything, uh, this is a business. So if you can get better in the short term for the long term, you'll do it. Yeah. So if you see something better or something you like, or a guy just has a knack for your offense or your defense, you know, I mean, all these guys that you think are entrenched on the depth chart, we've seen every year something weird happens. Didn't they start out last year with one strong safety and end up with another? Yeah, and then yeah. the strong safety they had starting got cut and then was nowhere. Yeah, if they can get better and younger, yeah, they'll do it. Okay. Why wouldn't you? No, I, I mean, I yeah. agree with you. Um, but if there is, so how... This ain't the friends business. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. no. getting better um, business. I, I think that if, if there is a backup quarterback competition, and honestly, I don't know that there truly is, mm-hmm. only because of the way... Sean McVay talked about Sean Mannion yesterday and yeah. you got to take coach's comments with a grain of salt always but the way McVay was saying you know uh, Sean Mannion has played very well over the course of this offseason he knows our system he's picked things up etc cetera, etc cetera. I don't know that there's really a true competition there okay fair enough I, I mean but I mean you want to see Allen you want to see Perez play yeah and, and, and I think see they how will. they do and I mean you know this is the preseason this is where magic happens uh, we're, we're, no, no, I'm, I'm being serious. Know, we're we're you guys are. you think that aren't, you know, are, are camp fodder turn out to be better than you think. And, you, oh, let me give you a second thought. Or guys you thought were going to be key contributors get outplayed. Yeah. It's just football. This is competition. This right. is difference. We talked about auditions, right? Yeah. You know, there's some great singers that just botched, absolutely botched their auditions. Mm-hmm. Talented, talented actors botched auditions. Yeah. Your audition is tomorrow. Right. Let's see how you play. I mean, you don't really, sure you take a depth chart out there, but it's all about how you play in production when you're in there. Right. And so that I think is going to be interesting. Just that, okay, Sean Mangan, you expect him right now to be yeah. the backup, but Brandon Allen and Luis Perez, they have some work to do. Mm-hmm. They could do it. They could make up that ground and maybe something shifts in that quarterback depth chart. Well, funny question. Okay. Both quarterbacks backups for, for Baltimore. RG3 and, and Jackson. Lamar Jackson does. Combined, do you think they'll have more rushing yards or passing yards? Uh, tomorrow or throughout the preseason? Tomorrow. Uh, probably rushing yards because I think I like the depth on the Rams secondary. 
to stop them. I, and I bet they're going to be running. They're going to yeah. play football. They're going to just turn them loose, have some fun, see how they play. So yeah. instinct is going to kick in. Those quarterbacks will be on the move. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just all about playing your best game. Whenever you're in and whatever you do, do it best, they want to see. They right. want to see depth. Right. Who the players are. Let's talk about running backs, too, um, because obviously Todd Gurley, probably another one of those starters not going to play. Behind him, though, Malcolm mm -hmm. Brown, Justin Davis, yeah. and then newcomer John Kelly, probably the top contenders for those other couple roster spots at running back. What do you think of that running back competition? Manion and Brown, absolutely. Yeah. Let's see more of it, yeah. More, uh, more Brown, more Malcolm Brown. More Malcolm Brown and Mannion, that, that, that same two combo. I mean, this is, you know, their tape, their time. Yeah. So um, stiff challenges, especially from the running backs. Mm -hmm. um, I think Kelly has been fun to watch. I agree. Yeah, um, interesting to see what he does with his carries or touches. Um, you know, there's there's play calls, and you you do what you're told, and you do what you you practice to do. But at some point, your instincts take over, and let's see who the better football player is. Yeah. For those guys, breaking tackles. You know, let's see you turn a four yarder into a 15 yarder or beyond. Let me see you step out of a few. Um, and then you have to do what you're also tasked to do: be smart in pass protection, know where you're supposed to be on screens. Uh, you know, no mental mistakes. That stuff also factors in, but. You know, once the rock is in your hand, it's your game. Mm -hmm. Let's see what type of game you have. I think John Kelly could be impressive in this game. I saw him yeah. have a couple nice runs against the Ravens in practice. Um, and I think he's had a really good camp yeah. just in general. I, you know, it's always interesting to see what can running backs do when it comes to pass protection, Ooh, too, yeah. and hanging on to the football. I think that hampered Justin Davis last year, just the fumbles. Yeah, yeah. Because he got in early in a game. And he took a carry and he fumbled. And then you really didn't see him very much on offense throughout the rest of the season, even though he was on the roster. Once that starts, it's in your head. I don't care what you say. And you have to actively work against it. It is. I mean, really. And, and okay. guys can deal with it. I'm not saying it's all consuming, but it's there. Yeah. You know, so that, that hinders you some. Sure. You know, takes off some of the smoke. So I hope he has, you know, clean carries just so he can play ball uh, and go out there and just and, and let it fly and see what happens, man. I mean, with running backs, too. Um, you know, in this offense, as with any other offensive player, you're going to get the ball in great situations. Oh, yeah. With people out in front for running backs. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a chance to be special and show what you can do. Highlight real stuff. You know, it's hard to deny special when you can make one of those loose plays. I'll give it to you on the edge with a screen and let me see if you can turn into Darren Sproles all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. To where it's undeniable that you're a part of the offense. You're an added dimension to this offense. Absolutely. Uh, the other position that I group I want to talk about, too, on the offense is the offensive line. Yeah. Um, this will be our first chance to see Joe Noteboom, uh, Brian Allen, and Jamil Demby in game action. And I think so far it seems like those guys are progressing pretty well in the offense. Baltimore's D-line, their defense, their depth, I mean, they're big, and they, they play a power game up front. So um, this will be a good test. You're going to get moved around. You're going to get – Guys that can run as well, um, guys that can bend really well. Um, like I said, I mean, Terrell Suggs is their leader, and they follow his lead. So uh, a lot of his rushes you see throughout because um, he's doing exactly what he's taught. So this will be fun. Um, you're going to be put in those situations too. It's not all going to be successful. Sometimes you're going to have to throw from a deep pocket, you know, with a long third down, and you're going to have to protect a while because you're all covered up because I expect vanilla. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Vanilla, yeah. vanilla, vanilla. Yeah, so maybe some guy doesn't get separation and Mannion has to hold it, which means you got to hold your block. So it is what it is. Uh, when the ball snapped, 
you're responsible for this guy. Keep him off the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go from there. But, you know, I, Noteboom's got a lot of work. Um, I, th I think Allen is, is going to be just fine. I think he's a – he – when you think center, you think his body type. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a rookie. Yeah. So imagine when he puts on another 10, 20 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's got a power lifter's body, a wrestler's body playing center. And he's got he's got some dog in him for sure. Yeah. Um, just seeing him. I've seen him put a few guys on their rear end throughout the course of training camp. And some guys, you, yeah. you know, you might not necessarily think, he, oh, man, that guy's a rookie and he's doing that. Yeah, I, I, I like him. Um, I do want to note Worthy this, competitor. too. competitor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Joe Noteboom was playing left tackle for the ones on offense mm -hmm. yesterday when Andrew Whitworth was getting a little bit of a breather. John Sullivan got one too, um, and Austin Blythe came in and played center. So if nothing else, I think that means Joe Noteboom is coming along. Yeah. If they want to put him in those situations, especially against an unfamiliar defense, that says something to me about Joe Noteboom and his progression. So I think that's good to see. I mean, with all due respect, I, th I think it's, it's just an upgrade to the position, the backup, the depth with him there. And we talked yeah. about Witt getting time off because he's a vet. He knows uh -huh. what to do and how to play. So somebody's got to fill in that role. I, I assume that's what he was drafted to do. I agree. And you can trust him. And they're going to trust him in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's – it's. I it, if they said they were starting him at right guard, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't either. And yeah. that's something that they kind of are thinking about doing. They are cross-training mm -hmm. Noteboom right now at left tackle and right guard. So he could be the guy – um, for those first two games of the season when Jamon Brown serves his suspension. The Roger Saffold, that's what, that, that's what I call that, yeah. Mr. Versatile. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your, your best left guard is also your next best left tackle and also your other best right tackle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's something that could definitely yeah. be uh, happening over the course of the season. You, you want that guy to play. Game. You can uh, get through any game. You want like that, that guy to be able to play multiple positions yeah. because you're only going to have seven, maybe, maybe eight offensive linemen up on game day. Give you some girth, too. Mm -hmm. um, it depends on what you want to do at backup center. Yeah. You know, because uh, that backup center is going to have to play guard. And, yes. You know, these guys are built to be centers. You know, guards are massive, especially right guards. Like Jermon Brown, yeah. that, that's a right guard. Rob yeah. Havenstein is a right tackle. They're massive guys. That's your big size. I'll say this. If I had to predict the who the offensive linemen are going to be right now, yeah. I would probably say your five starters um, with Sullivan, Whitworth, Saffold, Brown, Havenstein. I would agree. And yeah. then Noteboom, Allen, uh, Blythe, Blythe uh -huh. maybe Demby at the end of that. The, you know, and two mean, of those guys are going to be two of those guys okay. are going to be inactive on game day. Right, right, right. But yeah. I, those in my head right now I shaping like things out. Yeah, Demi's yeah. a guy you can throw in there too. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, he started as a true freshman in Maine at left tackle. That's hey, hard. kid, right out of high school, That's you're hard. in college being a left tackle. Yeah, and gotten better and better and better. And at the end, his junior and senior year, those offenses were great, and he was every bit the part of it. Yeah. Yeah, so another guy you give more reps to, the better he's going to get. Absolutely. Um, looking at the defense, who excites you to see over there against Baltimore? You know, we, on the other show, we talked about Corey <laughs> Littleton, right? And Rameek, well, and Rameek Wilson, those two guys. Um, it's a big spot. Big, I wouldn't say big shoes to fill, but it's a big spot right now. It's yeah. a question, even more so than the outside linebackers. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's pass rush. Um, that could take care of itself, depending on how these quarterbacks play. Yeah. I mean, a guy can fall into three sacks. But inside linebacker, with the way Baltimore is going to call their game and the, their personnel, you're going to be attacked with these tight ends. It's probably going to be in man coverage. Mm -hmm. 
let's see how well you play. Mm-hmm. Let's see how well you do. And then they're going to run the ball at you too. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, we'll find out what that position is, I guess, after we see on Thursday. But as of right now, we know names. We don't know the combination just yet. That's right. Yeah. All right, any other parting shots before we let the people go? No, it's hot. I've had crab cakes every day. Crab cakes every day. Where did you you have the best crab cake so far? I had one for lunch. A place called Bertha's. Oh, my God, it was so good. Oh, it was just really, really, really tasty. Yeah? Yeah, It was fun. Yeah, yeah. Really good stuff. And then Moe's, and then I can't remember the first place. All right, I'm going to try to go to Mr. Bill's Tavern tonight. Nice. That's one of my favorite places. My grandfather lives down here in Baltimore, so that was another benefit to being down here got to go see him but when i come down here with my family that's where we usually go nice they, it's one of those places where they dump the crabs on the table oh, yeah. just catered yeah you yeah, get yeah. the hammer they're catered in old bay nice and you just go to town nice it's nice, great. nice nice maybe i'll have a corona with it just one Eh, a couple. Okay. It's a family show. Yeah, yeah. it is okay. a family show. Um, all right, so guys, that'll do it for this edition of Between the Horns. want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, for our producer, Glenn, who did a great job holding the boom mic for the last hour. For DeMarco yeah. Farr, I'm Miles Simmons. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Seven.